The market bounces after FDA approval. COVID-19 continues to affect the economy and is Zillow a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And we're back halfway through the week, Wednesday afternoon in the markets. Well, they are bouncing. If you don't know, and if you're new, my name's Luke Donay, host of the Running With The Money podcast, which you're currently listening to. Either way, the Dow Jones up 94 points, NASDAQ up 21, S&P 500 up 13. Meanwhile, the rest UK up 20 in the VIX, dropping another 2.9%. This is all very good stuff. Um, and what is leading the market today? Well, a lot of the comeback plays, a lot of the recovery plays um, and areas of the market are bouncing back today. You're seeing the financial, energy, industrials, basic materials sectors all bouncing pretty hard as well as real estate. Meanwhile, technology, utilities, communication services, consumer statistical, consumer defensive, healthcare, all lagging the day. The only sector currently in the green so far today is healthcare, which makes sense. Some of that defensive tone in the market is being taken off. If you take a look at bonds, we're seeing that 10-year U.S. Treasury yield um, is starting to stabilize right around 1.34. Um, hopefully, it holds there. The markets seem to be liking that level. COVID-19 fears are dropping on the back of this FDA approval of the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine. Now, they approved this vaccine, which is our mRNA technology, so you know, um, but they approved it based on this massive trial that had 40,000 participants, um, and you know, it found that the vaccine was 91% effective, um, so that's very good news here. Pfizer didn't move up yesterday too much on the news. It only moved up about 2.5% on Monday, um, so not huge results when it comes to performance of stocks based on the approval, but the market liking it, hopefully it boosts confidence in getting your vaccine in the market seeing that as a net positive. Um, and we saw a bounce back since the beginning of Monday. We've seen the market bouncing back pretty well. We had two major green days in a row here, um, Monday and Tuesday. And then today is a bit more muted. We're seeing some trimming, I would say, in a few names, but maybe the market's just taking a breather. Um, and really all the indexes across the board are up just about um, nearly half of a percent, maybe a little lower on the NASDAQ, up only 0.16%. I'm in the rest 2K, up nearly a percent. So rest 2K outperforming today. But shifting into um, something that gave the market a little boost this morning. So this morning, the market opened up and the Dow Jones was down. The NAS was edging out some gains and the S&P 500 was pretty much flat. And then we actually saw it get a little bounce. Now, what did it bounce on? It bounced on um, J&J saying that his COVID-19 vaccine booster... Um, turned out promising immune response uh, results in early trials. So according to Johnson & Johnson, they said Wednesday that their booster shot generating uh, generated, quote, positive immune response in early stage clinical trials. Um, and then they also said that the antibodies or the additional shot um, created or generated virus-fighting antibodies ninefold higher than those seen four weeks ago in the single-dose shots. So, in essence, what we're seeing here is J&J is saying that their booster shot works, um, and it makes the vaccine much better, much stronger, and prevents COVID much better, and that we have an even better solution to prevent COVID-19. This is all good news when it comes to fighting off this Delta variant that is starting to expand. Um, but a lot of those Delta variant fears dying down after we get a better outlook here and we're getting a better outlook 
on the spread of that variant. It seems to be dying down within the markets. Maybe we're getting more risk on action here because of that dying down of panic over this Delta variant. Who knows? But that seems to be what it is. This FDA approval of the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccines and then this J&J data that is very good for their booster shot, giving the market a positive outlook over the next few months here. Now, shifting into the effects of COVID-19, on major businesses, travel, airlines. We need to talk about this. So there was actually multiple headlines that affected multiple companies today. Ford today delaying um, their program, their return to work program um, until January now, given the surge in the Delta variant. Ford stock really not reacting too hard to this, um, up 0.84% today. So the market not really seeing this as a negative. Ford said, quote, the state of the COVID-19 virus remains very fluid and therefore we are adjusting the start of our hybrid work arrangement to no earlier than January of 2022, Ford said in a statement on Wednesday. So that's big stuff right there. You have one of the U.S. major automakers saying, look, COVID-19, Delta, it's still around. We didn't expect COVID to be around this long, and we're delaying our plans for back to work. Um, So that is one aspect of how COVID is still affecting the U.S. economy. But we shift over the airlines, and this was a much more, um, I would say, important point for the overall market and specific areas of the market, and that would be travel. So as you know, we went over what is moving to the upside today and travel is really kind of not doing all too much in recent weeks. Um, you see an American Airlines up 1.4% today, yet they just said, a headline just came across the board, um, that Frontier, Southwest, and Spirit previously warned new COVID cases are driving down bookings. An American coming out today and saying that August revenues are weaker than what they forecasted. Meanwhile, July was actually ahead of forecast. So August is going to look like a weak month, according to American Airlines and plenty of other major U.S. airlines. So that's definitely something to note. Major, maybe there's a travel slowdown due to these COVID-19 fears and it's something to pay attention to. I personally think it's something to pay attention to. Maybe you won't want to go all in on travel names that have sold off significantly over the past few months. You take a look at a six-month chart of a lot of these airlines and they have all been down huge. American Airlines, for example, is down 15% in the past three months um, and a lot of the airlines are have performed uh, very similarly. Um, so that's definitely something to pay attention to. Maybe even some of the casino names you might not want to go all in on yet. For the long term, I like the travel recovery play. I like the travel recovery trade. But in the near term, you're going to see quite a bit of volatility, which we have been seeing over the past few weeks due to this new Delta variant. So that's how COVID-19 is currently really affecting the U.S. economy, mainly in travel, some in manufacturing. It's something to pay attention to. Maybe that will affect economic numbers coming out over the next few months. Who knows? We're going to have to watch and in turn affect the market. But that's definitely going to be something to pay attention to. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we got a big time call from Bank of America reiterating Goldman Sachs as a buy. I like this. I like Goldman Sachs. It's a fantastic investment bank. Bank of America saying, quote, management is actively pursuing strategies to grow the contribution from what investors would regard as stickier earnings with the recently announced acquisition of Netherlands-based NN Investment Partners consistent with achieving this goal. So Goldman Sachs going out there on the acquisition front. Meanwhile, uh, management has been doing quite a darn solid job. They have continually put out solid earnings numbers. Um, and really, Goldman Sachs is just a reliable investment bank, major investment bank um, that you can invest alongside with and buy the stock. I 100% agree. I like Goldman Sachs. Um, and if I wanted to add 
a bank right now, I had to pick an investment bank particularly, um, I'd definitely be going Goldman Sachs. Now, shifting over to another call by Evercore ISI on Apple. They maintained Apple at outperform, saying, quote, Apple's advertising business remains an underappreciated lever for upside as we go forward and provides them with a unique way to ensure consumer privacy is upheld, but also further enhance the monetization mechanisms. We are currently forecasting Apple's advertising business to grow from $2 billion to $20 billion in full year 2025. So that's big time growth there, especially when you look at advertising, $2 billion to $20 billion um, by 2025. That's only four years away. Um, that's significant growth in Apple's advertising. It will be exciting to see if they hit those numbers. I'm long Apple. It's one of my core positions. In fact, it's my second largest position amongst all of my portfolios. Um, I'm a big fan of Apple. They're consistent. The management team is excellent. Tim Cook is very, very reliable leading the company. They have extreme pricing power. Um, their customer base is extremely loyal. Um, and that's, you know, mainly th- those are a lot of things you want. And we don't even have to get into the financial end of it, not to mention the tremendously great balance sheet. I mean, the numbers at Apple are just phenomenal. Um, and that is why it's a fang name that continues to move to the upside over the past decades. And I believe um, it will also continue to be a long-term winner in the decades ahead. Now, shifting into our final call that we're going to go over today, and that is JP Morgan downgrading Nordstrom uh, to underweight from neutral. And this was a odd call, actually. A lot of people thought this call was a bit off. Um, and they thought that because Nordstrom would be one of those economic recovery plays, one of those plays you buy when the economy is opening back up and coming back and people are going back out and shopping. Well, JP Morgan saying today, quote, with the current backdrop potentially as good as it gets for both JWN's 100,000 plus core HH income customers with mid-teens personal savings rate debt service ratio at 40-year lows and U.S. household wealth creation of $12 trillion plus in 2020. And on the pricing promotional front, lean channel inventory, industry, AUR expansion, JWN's absolute and relative performance remains underwhelming. So JP Morgan not liking the numbers here, especially economic numbers, um, and therefore, they're not a big fan of Nordstrom. So that's very interesting um, to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Nordstrom stock. You take a look at the stock today. And it actually, I believe, reacted quite negatively to this call here, moving down 17.24% currently, 6.52 points. Um, it is currently down on this JP Morgan call, big time call. It's currently, you know, trading way off those highs. It was trading all the way up. Over 45 bucks a share in the past three months, the stock is down 8%, but in the past year up 101%. So I can't, don't think you could argue with that. Definitely a name to pay attention to. Maybe if it continues to drop, you can get in with a solid dip buy. Looks to be or has been consolidating mostly um, since end of 2020. So that's something to pay attention to. A consolidating name since the end of 2020, moving down 17% more today on a JP Morgan call in the retail area. Hmm. Maybe the economic numbers are as good as it gets. We'll have to see if JP Morgan's right over the next few months. Now, shifting into our individual name, which I really want to get to, not enough people are talking about this name. We saw Josh Brown initiate a position, and that's what caught my eye. He's one of those investors that I follow. He's typically right, and he's uh, a very smart man. And if we shift into what is going on with Zillow, this stock is down huge. It's down over 50 
50% from its highs. It was all the way up at 200 bucks a share. It's currently sitting at $99.45 a share. Um, it's down 23% on a year-to-date basis, 12.8% on a three-month basis, and they continue to turn out solid earnings with an institutional ownership that is all the way up over 80%. So we're going to dig in to Zillow and what it's all about. So Zillow is the leading real estate website in the United States that was launched in 2006 and boasts an all-in-one digital platform that provides buyers, sellers, and renters with the proper solutions to find, sell, and finance a home. Furthermore, Zillow Group maintains multiple segments and brands, including Zillow Premier, Agents, Zillow Offers, Zillow Rentals, Zillow Home Loans, Zillow Closing Services, Trulia, Street Easy, and Hot Pads. That's a heck of a lot of brands. Now, digging into several of these brand segments, Zillow Premier Agent connects agents with active buyers and sellers to assist business growth. Simply put, the Premier Agent segment allows agents to advertise within the Zillow ecosystem and gain potential clients. Now, shifting into Zillow offers, the segment provides users with a simple method to sell their home, and the segment allows users to request a cash offer from Zillow directly, so Zillow Group directly, bypassing the listing and selling process while controlling their timeline. Now, this segment's core feature is often referred to as iBuyer. That's going to be important here in a few minutes to remember. iBuyer is where you, as a seller, can go to Zillow and ask them for a cash offer as long as your home is within the select areas that they are offering um, direct purchase from or the iBuyer service. Now, moving in the rentals, Zillow Rentals and Zillow Rental Manager cover the industry subcategory or real estate subcategory. Zillow Rentals allows users to search and find rental properties, while Zillow Rental Manager provides landlords with a more efficient method to fill vacancies and manage properties. Finally, Zillow Home Loans is an affiliate lender of the Zillow Group that provides customers with the ability to get pre-approved and lock-in financing for the purchase of a home. Now, last but not least, Zillow closing services assist buyers and sellers with their transactions, offering title services and closing services. Now, shifting into management over at Zillow, Zillow Group is led by co-founder and CEO Rich Barton, who co-founded the company in 2005. Barton has a history in the digital asset uh, digital asset space, you could say, or the digital space on the world of the internet. And he also founded Expedia while at Microsoft in Glassdoor throughout his long career. On a final note, Barton maintains participation on the boards of Netflix, Artsy, and Quarry, um, three other uh, digital technology companies, one of those a major technology company. Now, the rest of the management team is made up of leaders boasting experience from the likes of Expedia, Microsoft, Pure Networks, Picture IQ, Nissan, Tilray, Ford, Athena Health, Clover Health, and so many more fantastic companies that provide a lot of wisdom from not only the digital space, but a lot of other industries. So that's you know, a well-diversified and very wise um, management team. Now, in recent news, major investors and Wall Street experts are warming up to the company's stock. For example, in a recent CNBC interview, Ritholt Wealth Management's CEO, uh, well, leader or whatever you want to call him, uh, Josh Brown, our at Reform Broker on Twitter, uh, noted that he recently initiated a position in the name, um, Zillow. He said, quote, iBuyer is a bigger business that could eventually take over this whole company. The business has the potential to be explosive when you consider how much people hate the process of selling a house. They are not only player 
they're not the only player doing it, but they are the biggest and can be the best, Brown said. So Brown anticipating here that Zillow will become the biggest player in this process or the iBuyer method where Zillow goes and buys homes directly from the seller and then resells those homes through their platform. Makes the most sense to me. Now, digging into the numbers, Zillow beat um, Q2 2021 estimates uh, and expectations with an EPS of 44 cents, um, better than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of 24 cents. That's a big time beat. That's 20 cent beat there on EPS. On a year over year basis, EPS improved by 358.82%. That's fantastic. Now, shifting into revenues, revenue totaled $1.3 billion in Q2 2021, representing a 70% improvement year over year. Now, do note, revenue totaled $768.352 million in Q2 of 2020. That's a 70% improvement in total revenue and a 358.82% improvement in EPS. And we're not done yet. Breaking down revenue, the home segment delivered $777.145 million in revenue. That's up 71% on the home segment. The IMT segment uh, delivered 70% revenue growth year over year. And the mortgages segment delivered 68% revenue growth year over year. So those numbers continue to be fantastic in revenues and EPS, but it Once again, we're not done. Uh, Rotating into gross profit, Zillow reported $538 million in gross profit throughout the quarter. That is a major improvement over the $280 million that they reported in Q2 of 2020. That's a 92% improvement year over year in total gross profit over at Zillow. So they're seeing an expanding EPS, significantly expanding, expanding revenues, expanding gross profit, everything you want to see so far. Shifting in the net income, net income totaled $9.641 million in Q2, and that is a big-time improvement in net income over the same time 2020 level, a negative $84 million. So Zillow here also drastically improving net income. So, so far, I got a major positive on gross profit. I got major improvements in revenue. I got major improvements in EPS. I got major improvements in net income, and it is still not done. Breaking down income by segment, the home segment continued to run a loss, unfortunately, of negative 59 million dollars, but that's a big time improvement over the $80 million loss that the segment ran in Q2 of 2020. Now, the IMT segment actually turned out a net income of $133 million, and that's up from $19 million same time last year. And then the mortgages segment delivered negative $17 million, so a $17.685 million loss. Um, Corporate items contributed to $33.5 million in cost as well. So on a year-over-year basis, corporate item cost increased while income within mortgages segment improved. This is all good stuff so far. Every metric so far improving on an overall and segment by segment basis. Now, looking to earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, EBITDA, total adjusted EBITDA landed at $182.774 million, and that is a major improvement over the slim $15.8 million in Q2 of 2020. So once again, so far, EBITDA, net income, revenue, gross profits, and EPS all improving year over year and segment by segment. That's exactly what we want to see, and a lot of these metrics be quarter over quarter as well, um, and were huge improvements quarter over quarter. So these numbers continue to surprise. Now, flipping into platform metrics, average monthly unique users totaled 229 million users in Q2. That's up 5% year over year. So a minimal expansion in the user base, but still solid. And then finally, Zillow has seen continued improvements in the number of homes sold to and by the company. In Q2, Zillow sold, um, or they were sold, 3,805 homes. So Zillow acquired 
3,805 homes, and that is a big-time improvement over the Q1 2020 level of 1,856 homes. Now, Zillow sold, so the homes they acquired, they sold back to buyers. They sold 2,086 homes to buyers, representing a minimal improvement over the 1,965 that they saw not too long ago. Now, leadership was a beat quote. Zillow is making rapid and significant progress towards building a seamless integrated real estate experience for our customers and partners. CEO Rich Barton said after reporting Q2 results, management is bullish when looking to the future, expecting Q3 revenues to land within a range of $1.927 billion to $2.047 billion. Furthermore, the company is guiding total adjusted EBITDA to land within a range of 94 to $126 million both of those um, pretty darn bullish numbers uh, out of Zillow. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, the numbers were rock solid. They have roughly $2.59 billion in debt. Their liabilities right around $3.1 billion, but their assets $8.775 billion. So assets, total assets, far outweighing the liabilities and debt. They have $4.594 billion in cash and short-term investments, and their total inventory is uh, $1.170 billion in total, uh, at least when last checked, Q2. Um, so solid, solid balance sheet here. Shifting on a valuation basis, price to earnings, overdone. Um, forward price to earnings, a bit high. You know, this price to earnings is 425 times. That's a sizable price to earnings. I mean, your forward price to earnings is also sizable, sitting at 87 times. Meanwhile, your price to sales and price to book are actually somewhat low, sitting at 4.42 times and 4.3 times. Um, so on a valuation basis, it does trade at a premium, but given that the stock is down over 50% off its highs, I think you can buy it and still be safe, even though that price to earnings and forward price to earnings are a bit extended. Now, management has been effective with a return on equity of 3.05%, a return on assets of 1.93%, and a return on invested capital of 2.23%. So definitely room for improvement, but not bad numbers there. Given all of these positive numbers, the analysts are quite bullish. They have a mean price ticket of 139 bucks per share. Um, and off the current price, that's roughly a 43 to uh, well, 42 to 43% upside. Um, and then the high price target is 153 and the low is 125. So at a maximum, according to the analyst, you can make right around 55% um, given their price targets. But I do think think, and I wouldn't be surprised, is if the bullish action comes back to Zillow, you can see the stock very quickly um, get back up to that 200 level um, when these digital real estate stocks were popular just a few months ago. Now, the big money is quite involved. 86.19% of Zillow is owned by institutions. Top players include Caledonia Investments, the Vanguard Group, and ARK Investment Management. A lot of your favorite um, ETF manage, uh, management company there, ARK Investment Management. And then on a technical basis, we've talked about it. If you want a full technical breakdown of Zillow, go to runningwithmoney.com under the analysis tab. You will find the Zillow technical breakdown as well as all of this information 100% completely free. Either way, on a technical basis, it's been in a downtrend literally since March um, of this year. And it has just been straight down falling knife since maybe it's starting the bottom. It's hard to tell at the moment. Um, I'll be looking for a confirmation of a bottom here over the next few weeks. And if I see that, I might just initiate a position. Um, now, shifting over into investor sentiment real quick, exploring investor psychology, the bears believe a low supply, high cost real estate market coupled with sizable competitors will harm Zillow. Meanwhile, bulls believe the future is digital and that a large portion of the real estate market will continue the digital shift 
and use Zillow, which is currently the leading platform as their go-to digital real estate platform. In short, Zillow, ticker symbol Z, is a strong long-term digital real estate play with expanding revenues, a growing user base, a reliable management team, and a solid balance sheet, as well as cutting a cutting-edge platform, frankly. Um, and I think it's far better than a lot of the other platforms that competitors currently have. So Zillow, I like it. You just got why I like the name. I will let you know if I initiate a position, um, probably on Twitter. Um, once again, if you have any questions, remember, follow me on Twitter, at Luke Dene. Shoot me a question. If you want a name or a company broken down, just as we did this one, Zillow, um, tweet me, at Luke Dene. Say, hey, break down this company. Break down this company. Let me know. Um, also, we dropped the Palantir breakdown just a day ago. Go check that out on runningwithmoney.com. So we have two brand new breakdowns runningwithmoney.com under the analysis tab. You'll find them both there 100% completely free. Now, before we go, we're going to take a look at the overall market. We're going to see um, what's presenting opportunities and what is not. Now, a lot of these China stocks, such as Alibaba, which have absolutely gotten crushed. Alibaba currently sitting at 166. Some say present opportunity. I think they're worth a look. JD.com, Alibaba, take a look at those. I see Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Adobe, Square, Oracle, um, all down the day, all fantastic companies. And see Airbnb also dropping the day. And that stock hasn't done much in recent months. So maybe it's another one to check out. Disney also down. Um, I see a Shopify down, a Salesforce actually edging out some gains. But I do like Salesforce for the long term. It's a buy. Um, and then if you really dig deeper here, maybe the semiconductors, you see a Taiwan Semi and an NVIDIA and an Intel in a Broadcom and a Texas Instruments and a Qualcomm, um, all outperforming. Actually, Qualcomm down today. Qualcomm's one of my favorites and one of my core positions as well as AMD. I like a both. I think they're both buys. I continue to say they're a buy and I think they move higher over the next few years, significantly higher. And that is why I hold them. Qualcomm big time on the 5G revolution. Either way, that is another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Let uh. Thank you for listening, and I will see you once again, most likely on Monday. I'm taking Friday off, but I will see you on Monday to talk the markets, talk everything, stocks and individual companies, and hopefully the market continues to bounce. Until then, easily profit trade on, and remember, do the research. 